Welcome back to the second edition of our Celtic Christian Practices to accompany our Discipleship Sermon Series at Anniston First United Methodist Church. But this past Sunday, we had our second sermon where we talked about the new commandment. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. When we talked about the great commandment on the first week, we, were, we acknowledged that God told us to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. And that the second commandment was very close to it, that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Our Celtic Christian practice is going to focus on how we love ourselves, because it is out of that that we will love other people. In the first edition of this, I talked about um, Celtic Christian practices and how I have been attracted to the Celtic expression of Christianity for about the last 10 years. Um, because it is very nature-based and it's very participatory. So it gets us in contact with other things that God has created rather than spending so much time surrounded by what human beings have created. Um, And also because of the participatory nature of it. There are things we do, things we respond to. It's, It's active, whereas much of the American expression of Christianity has become very spectator based. We can sit in a pew and be there for the entirety of a worship service and not have done very much ourselves. Whereas Jesus invited us to follow him, come and follow me, was his words to each of the disciples that he called. And his words to us when he left were to go, to be in movement, to go and make disciples. So how did I discover Celtic Christianity? Well, I came upon them through a series of books. Each of these has a title, a guide to. So the blue one is a guide to prayer for ministers and other servants. The red one is a guide to prayer for all God's people. The black one is a guide to prayer for all who walk with God. And the green one is a guide to prayer for all who seek God. So the blue one was the one that I was introduced to first. And it's a devotional. And for each week, it has an invocation, a psalm, the lectionary readings for each day of the week, then some readings for reflection, things that other Christians have written for us to read and reflect on before we then say our prayers, um, where we um, pray for our church, ourselves, and others, and then spend some time silently reflecting before singing a hymn, expressing the benediction and going. It's a beautiful way to pray. So what I discovered was, as I would read the reflections that were in here, I kept being drawn to particular people. And when I began to look up those people for more of what they had written, like, oh, I really like that. I want to learn more. Carlo Coretta, George MacDonald, Evelyn Underhill, um, Henry Nowen, um, um, among many, many others. What I discovered was that a lot of the people that I kept being attracted to were people who came out of the Celtic expression of Christianity. So I began to read more of what they had written and discover other writers in that vein. And so that's how I ended up here. But I would highly recommend this book or this series of books if you're looking for something to help you grow in your spiritual practices. This week, we're going to be talking about the Celtic spiritual practice of three essential things and talking about St. Ida of Kiliti as our Celtic Christian saint. The number three is a holy number for us. 
Um, it represents the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit there. So we find that lists of three tend to be lists that we enjoy. When there are three things, we move beyond the binary between the duality, that something has to be right or wrong, good or evil, um, black or white, either or. With three, there are choices, and we are invited to embrace the complexity of life and the variety of choices that are offered to us in life. If you think about it, the number three has a good cadence. We get a lot of threes. We get the three-point sermon that has been with us for a couple of, um, well, probably four or five decades now. Um, Three is just a beautiful number for us. And you'll hear it. Once you begin looking for it, you're going to see it everywhere, including in a clover. They tend to have three leaves and one that has an extra one is considered lucky there. But life is rich and vast and deep. And by moving beyond two, which forces us to choose one and reject the other, we embrace that um, vastness and that deepness as we consider the best of the choices for us. Um, Saint Ida lived in the sixth century, and she's the second most significant female saint coming just behind St. Bridget, who is my favorite Celtic Christian saint. St. Ida was a teacher to St. Brendan, who was another significant saint in the Celtic tradition. She had a dream when she was young that she would be gifted with three precious stones. A later visitation by an angel confirmed for her that these stones represented the gifts that the Holy Trinity would bring to her. They would convey these gifts to her so that she might be a blessing to the whole world. She might fulfill her ministry and her call. Uh, She taught a lot of people, including opening a school for boys and a school for girls. That's where she taught St. Brendan. And she tended to favor threes. She believed that everything could be distilled down to three essential pieces facts or statements about it. So if you wanted to know something about a tree, what are the three essential things you need to know about that tree? Um, It only grows near other trees. It does not need a lot of water and it does not bear discernible fruit. Those would be the three things about a particular tree you might want to know. St. Brendan once asked St. Ida, um, what are the three things that are most pleasing to God. And here are her responses. True faith with a pure heart, a simple life with a grateful spirit, and generosity inspired by charity or love. She went on to say that there are three things that displease God. A mouth that hates people, a heart that harbors resentment, and confidence in wealth. So her focus on threes and the only essential nature of choosing three things leads us to ask, what is essential? What is essential in your life? What would you want to most be known for when your life is over? What three things would you hope people would say about you? It also works for communities particularly a church, a community of faith, what three things do we want 
the Anniston-Calhoun County area to know Anniston First United Methodist Church for? And are those the three things for our lives and for our community of faith that God would choose as the three things that we should be known for? We can begin to cultivate an awareness of the essential things that we want to focus on. And once we know our essentials, then we can measure our choices against those essentials. Once we know what we want to accomplish in life, what we want to be known for, then we can ask ourselves, does this behavior, does this involvement, does this vocation, does this investment of my time or my money lead to being known for the things I want to be known for? That's why a church chooses a a mission statement and a vision statement. What do we want to be known for? What's our vision? And then we judge everything against that. All of the programs, all of the events, all of the activities, the way we worship, the way we engage in outreach. Do they help us become known for those three essential things that God wants us to be known for? St. Columcell, who's also known as St. Columbo, said that um, he asked God for three things in his own life, for virginity or purity, for wisdom, and for pilgrimage. He wanted a pure heart and a pure life. He wanted to be wise, and he wanted to get to travel and see God's world, to travel with God and experience it. Um, Abba Andrew, one of the desert fathers, said there were three things that were essential for monks. Exile, poverty, and endurance in silence without complaint. Another of the desert fathers, Abba Benjamin, said that there were three things a Christian should do. Be joyful at all times, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all things. If you asked around, every monk would have their own three things about what is essential in life because their particular giftedness, their particular call to ministry, their particular personalities and life experiences all would come into play as they identified their three most essential things. And so every time one of the Celtic monks was asked for the three essentials, they would share their years of wisdom and experience, their years of practice of walking with God in their essential three. But it also comes to us from Scripture. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, the Old Testament prophet Micah says, God has told you, O mortal or human, what is good. You know what the Lord requires of you. God has told you to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 8. We often find that we will hear that repetition of three things in scripture as well. It also comes to us as Methodist Christians through John Wesley and his three general rules for the church, the way he summed up a life of discipleship. It was to do no harm, to do good, and to attend upon the ordinances of God. Now, years later, years and years later, a man named Reuben Job would come along and call those three simple rules 
and write a tiny little book about it that I highly recommend. He changed the, the way the third one was expressed. It's still the same thing, but just expressed differently. His three simple rules were do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. And we do that through spiritual practices, such as the ones that we are talking about. There. When we think about the Micah passage and what it says to us, <clears throat> the first one was to do justice. To do justice or to live justly is to care first and foremost for those who are unable to care for themselves. And this happens due to the inequities of our societies. It was true in the days of ancient Israel, and it is still true in our day now. But to want justice is to want the world to be as God intended it to be, where there's enough, where all are cared for, where no one is the vulnerable, the unwanted, and the unloved. To love kindness means that kindness is our first response to every situation in which we find ourselves. We don't react with judgment or rules or punishment or law that our first response is empathy and kindness. And to walk humbly with God is to journey through life with our God, hearing, seeing, going where God goes, where God calls us to do all that we can to walk alongside God and to see the world as he sees it, to care about the world as God cares about it, to change our perspective, to be like him, rather than to think that we, we don't, we know how to be a Christian. No, we can constantly be growing. The call to discipleship, the call to follow Jesus is the call to a lifelong journey of becoming more like Christ, which happens with our spiritual disciplines. So I want to encourage you to think about what are your essential three? Not only your essential three for your entire life, what you want to be known for, um, not only the essential three for what you want our church to be known for, but I invite you to pray about that and send me an email, Tammy at AnnistonFirst.info, about what you think our essential three as a congregation should be. But you can break down the three essentials into smaller nuggets. What three things do you want to accomplish during this year? What three things will you use to help get you through the pandemic that we're experiencing? What three things do you want to accomplish this month? What three new experiences do you want to have this week? But also, what are the three essential things for today? Right now, in this moment, as we experience silence and solitude, what are the three things God speaks to us that we need to be about right now? I want to encourage you for the next seven days to start your day by deciding what are the three most important things? What are the three essentials that I need to do today? And write those down so that you can review them later. And then each evening before you go to bed, what three things am I most essentially grateful for today? I would challenge you to write those on sticky notes. Write your three essential things to accomplish 
and put those sticky notes somewhere in your house. Maybe it's on the back of a door or on a table, somewhere they won't be bothered so that you can do this for the entire week. And write your three essential gratitudes on a sticky note as well. And put those next to the others so that you have two running piles of sticky notes. And at the end of the week, stop and look at the 21 things you accomplished because your silence and your solitude, your awareness of the presence of God, your being led by the Holy Spirit has given you the room to accomplish those, as well as the 21 things that you are grateful for having experienced because you paused and you focused on loving yourself. We have to love ourselves before we can love others. And so to look for your three essentials to look for what you want to accomplish and judge the requests and the invitations that you have by that will be an incredible gift to yourself. Some of us have a tendency to overcommit. We don't know how to say no. So when someone wants us to do something, we discern that it's a good thing and we want to say yes, and we can get overcommitted. We can also get caught up in what is going on around us. And at the end of a day, after working hard, We didn't accomplish the things that were most needful in that particular day. By focusing on the three most important things and then being grateful for three things in the day, you will create margin for yourself. You will give yourself permission to not do everything, to not have to live up to everyone's standards, to care most about what God thinks of you and wants you to accomplish. And if you were listening, I just used a list of three. The number three came right back up there. So your time of silence and solitude that you practiced last week, and if you remember, I invited you to do that for three minutes a day at least. It's because this number three was coming and is a sacred number to us. But that time of silence and solitude will help you discern your three things for the day, the three things to accomplish and the three things for which to be grateful. I hope that as you make this journey with us on discipleship through our Celtic Christian practices and by looking at the lives of some of the Christian saints who give us an example, that you will experience the fullness and the blessing of God and discern your three essential things. <music>